There has to be more to life than this. So says Chris McClure, the author of The Way to Greatness. Discover the five continual choices that lead to the great life. We'll explore just what it means to choose to be great. Here on episode number 142 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. I had to take the bold action of saying, okay, enough's enough. I'm not going to just let somebody run me over because of their agenda. I'm going to take responsibility of what I can do on my end. And that's why I started looking for alternatives because I knew I didn't want to stay in that situation. I couldn't stay in it. Hi, this is David Brandehorst from davidbrandehorst.com, and I help people design, launch, and grow their businesses so they can fulfill their purpose for their life and become all God created them to be. Dr. Brad Miller is here to navigate adversity in your life and emerge with purpose, prosperity, and peace of mind on the Beyond Adversity podcast. Hello, good people, and welcome to Beyond Adversity, the podcast where we seek to help you to navigate adverse conditions in your life and to emerge victorious to a life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. I'm Dr. Brad Miller, and every week we bring you the story of and teachings about people who have overcome adversity and to achieve to achieve success in their life. You can always go to drbradmiller.com to see back episodes of the podcast and teachings that will be helpful to you, as well as we have a free gift for you there. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt like a doormat? That is, other people stepping on you, going around you, or making decisions which impact your life and your career and your prospects without any real consideration of your thoughts, your feelings, your aspirations. Such was the case with our author guest today, Chris McClure, when he ran into some adverse life conditions in his workplace, which was a local church where he was on the pastoral staff. During that time, he came to an aha moment, and he simply asked himself, There has to be more to life than this. It was at that moment that Chris took charge of his life and set himself on his own personal path of greatness, which is what he and I talk about today on episode number 142 of Beyond Adversity. We'll unpack his story and the five choices you need to make to choose your own path of greatness in your life. This is an important conversation that's going to speak to the person who is thinking of making a pivot in in your life because you just know that there is more in life than what your present circumstances dictate. And you really, really, really want to discover your own personal path to greatness. He blogs at McClureCoaching.com and LeadLifeBig.com. You can find all the details about Chris McClure at our show notes at drbradmiller.com. The author of The Way to Greatness is our guest 
on number on episode number 142 of Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. Let's get into that conversation right now. Chris McClure is an author, a coach, and a trainer, and he is all about helping you to understand there is more to life than you thought. In fact, you can have a great life. He is the author of The Way to Greatness, Five Continual Choices to Lead to the Great Life. He blogs at McClurecoaching.com and at LeadLifeBig.com. We're glad to have on Beyond Adversity today, Chris McClure. Chris, welcome. Thanks so much, Brad. It's awesome to be here. It is awesome to have you here. We have uh, something in common. We both uh, come from a background as pastors and yeah. churches, and and have experienced some of the th- some of the joys and uh, and and affirmations of that, and some of the challenges uh, of that. Certainly, and that uh, uh, led you to some of the things that you're doing now in the business community yeah. and writing a couple books. And so, but uh, I got a feeling that uh, that you've got an interesting journey that kind of led you to where you're at now. Could you just share with us a little bit about the pathway that led you maybe into ministry and then into what yeah. you're doing now? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, uh, I always start back when I was 16 years old, when I, when somebody asked me that question, because, you know, I was, it was right between my junior and senior year of high school. I was confused, feeling lost. I, you know, I'd grown up in the church. I had a great faith, had great Christian influences, you know, in my, in my life with my family and everything. But you know, when it came down to career vocational decisions, I just, I had no, no direction until I was, uh, you know, almost a senior in high school. And, and what's frustrating me because I had a lot of friends who knew exactly what they were going to do. They knew what college they were going to go to. They had all these things planned out, so to speak. Right. And, uh, and, and my youth pastor came to me, I was very frustrated and he came to me and he said, you know, would you like to go on a mission trip with our team? Uh, you know, the following summer between my junior and senior year, uh, we're going to go to Guyana, South America, 17 days. And I didn't know where that country was, never heard of it. Didn't, didn't know what we were going to be doing. All I heard was I was going to be away from home for 17 days. And I and felt that, like and that, that appealed to you, right? It, it did. It really like at that moment, I just felt like I needed to get away, you know, mm-hmm. and, and maybe something different would, would be good, you know, um, for me, you know, I just didn't know. I was just feeling, like I said, feeling frustrated, stuck, lost. Um, about what to do with my life beyond high school. And I felt like that pressure was mounting as I was heading towards my junior year or my senior year rather. And so long story short with that, I went to this mission trip, you know, we had a great uh, experience there, learned a lot. And our youth pastor, we'd have these you know nightly debriefing meetings about all the work we were doing. And, and he would start asking questions like, you know, it's great that we come here and do this for a couple of weeks, but what are we going to do when we go back home? And what is it, what does your life look like, you know, back home, because this is a short-term experience. And, and it was in that moment where I just knew that God was up to something and he was really stirring in my heart and got back home and uh, just felt like he, you know, God was saying to me, you know, do what Tommy has been doing for you, you know, help people understand their purpose, help people understand how they can move forward in their own lives. And so, you know, he was my youth pastor. Uh, so I thought, well, I'll just go be a youth pastor. You know, it's kind of like when people have a great teacher and they think, well, I'll just go into teaching because that's been my great experience for me. It was my youth pastor was that mm-hmm. person. And so, um, he follow went the, to follow the path of your mentor. Yeah, exactly. Just doing, yeah, it works for him. It's maybe it'll work for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, uh, he went to Kentucky Christian university. I went and I went and visited the, the school and, uh, decided that was where I was going to go. 
And so I went from all this fog and lack of clarity to a clear path forward of, I'm going to go be a youth pastor. I'm going to go to this school. I'm going to, you know, I made all these decisions. Like it felt like overnight It was really in a, maybe, maybe a two or three month period by, but by the beginning of my senior year, I went from total confusion to, I felt like a total peace because God had given me a plan and a way forward for, to, to do that. And so, you know, went to college, uh, very motivated at college because of the clarity I had and had some great internships with some other great youth pastors and leaders that I um, still revere as, as good friends and mentors. And, um, and that was my journey, you know, and I, and I thought that was going to be my life. And, and so I did that for, uh, it was a youth pastor for about 13 to 15 years. I, I started to shift roles a little bit uh, over time, served at three different churches in my full-time uh, church work. Uh, but shifted more to an associate role and then ultimately to an executive pastor role where I was managing a staff and leading teams and developing, you know, things organizationally. And once again, it was, it felt like it was that next stepping stone of, of where God was leading me and, um, and everything seemed great until it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) So things were cruising along relatively well, according to your more or less uh, intended path from like high school days on. And then something happened. Yeah. When I was just it, I tell people, I'm like, I really didn't have adversity, Brad, until I was in my mid thirties mm-hmm. and, and, and I didn't know how to handle it because very well, you know, because of that. And, and I felt like all of a sudden I must be doing something wrong or God must not be happy with something I'm doing or choosing or whatever, because everything else had come easy. I, I needed one internship to get out of college and I ended up with three. Mm-hmm. I had friends who couldn't get one, you know, to figure it out. I, I, I kept finding uh, the next step in my journey in my church work, you know, doors opened. It, it seemed obvious, smooth transitions, you know, things were just easy um, for, for up until I was about 35, 36 years old. And then it hit, you know, and, and, and the hit that, that, that mark for me was we had a major leadership conflict or crisis in our church staff where I was serving. And I was, I found myself in the middle of something that I didn't ask for, didn't want, um, and, and it was personal on some levels, you know, with people, as we know, in the church, it can get very personal because it's, you know, it is about people first. Yes. And, um, and all of a sudden I was like, all my, my, that easy, smooth road that I was on just felt like I got totally disrupted. Like boulders were coming down the mountainside and I didn't know what to do. Hmm. But apparently you did something because you ended up transitioning out of the parish ministry into the business yeah. world. So whatever impacted you, whatever the uh, leadership issues were, were enough to cause you a huge pivot in your life and career. So tell us a little bit about that, that pivot, that transition, yeah. some of the process that led you there. Yeah. Well, even, even, so, so now, now I'm looking back like 2010, I'll say was, I'll say the time frame that I can think back where this really started to become a thing for me was I started to feel this pull of gravitation to um, the business community. And back then I didn't have any of this adversity. I didn't have any of these challenges. Everything was good at the time for the most part. Um, but, and so I didn't understand, like I, I didn't go to college to get a business degree. I didn't have a plan to go into the business world or anything. And all of a sudden I felt like this interest all of a sudden that started to rise up in me toward the business community. And, and I didn't know what to do with it for many years. Um, so it was in, it was in the midst of that adversity about five or six years later where I started to really go, God, what do you want me to do? If I'm not doing what I'm doing in my church work at this local church, what do I do? Because I don't understand my value in the marketplace. I don't know. 
I don't know what kind of industry I would go work in if I were, if I just left to, you know, my church job to go find a, a, a quote unquote regular job in the, in the marketplace. Right. Um, I didn't know my value. I didn't know how to write a resume to get noticed, all those things. So I started interviewing some people that I knew about in the community that were business leaders, owners, um, nonprofit leaders, just trying to get a feel for like, where do I fit? And so I, that was part of my journey was I'm in the middle of this crisis, still dealing with it, wanting out, not sure where to go. So I started looking to other people that might give me some clues and, and some insight on what value I might bring to the table and everything in, in, in different industries. So um, ultimately, I, I joined the John Maxwell team to be a, a, a leadership coach mm-hmm. because I thought, you know, I'd even looked into getting my MBA, getting a, a master's degree in leadership. But I thought, you know, I, that really, I really, my kids were young. I didn't really feel like it was the right thing to go back to school at that time. It was going to take a while. Um, and, and the John Maxwell team program looked like a great fit for me. I'd been following John and reading his books. And actually, he was the first uh, personal growth book uh, author I, did, I ever read at 19 years old. And so I'd always been following him and appreciated what he had taught and trained and helped me with or, you know, over the years. And uh, so that's the route I went. I joined the team uh, to get training and coaching there and felt like all of a sudden I better start a business because somebody might actually pay me to do <laughs> what, <laughs> what I'm learning how to do. There um, you go. But once again, had no plan of starting a business. I didn't know what that, I thought it was more about building my skill set for more of a resume to find a job. And God was saying, no, start a, start a business. You know, people will pay you to, uh, to coach them, to do, to do training. I was passionate about leadership and personal growth, you know? And so, you know, I, once again, lots of, I tell people, I felt like my family and I were very faithful, you know, throughout our lives, but I felt like in 2015 is really when I learned how to start walking by faith. Yeah. So around that time, what, so it sounded like, you know, you've had all these internal and uh, dilemmas going on and all these external factors with your church position and yep. leadership uh, uh, being led in the areas of leadership and personal development. But I want to ask you, uh, Chris, what were some of the uh, actual actions that you had to take? Mm-hmm. Some of the, even be they internal or be they, you know, going in and talking to uh, some of the leadership that you had to talk to to make those transitions. Yeah. What were some of the, uh, uh, bold actions, some sure. of the pivotal moments that you really had to do? Yeah, I think first of all, I had to make up my mind that I wasn't going to take what I was being dealt without responding. You know, I I, I, I was such a, I, I'm a people person and therefore I had to guard myself about being a people pleaser and I could have been walked on and I felt like I was being walked on for a while, like a doormat. And I had to choose not to let that happen and to take responsibility for my life. And it wasn't that I was going to fight back. That wasn't my intent. <clears throat> I didn't, I didn't do that. I wasn't going to do that, but I also wasn't going to just be abused or, or, mm-hmm. you know, run over either because I was, you know, I tell people, I was even talking to somebody about this today that um, when I take the, the uh, Clifton strength finders, assessment, my number one strength is harmony. And my second Mm. one is responsibility. And those two things can collide because I want to keep people harmoniously together. I want to be at peace with people. I want to make sure there are, there is peace. And then when there's not that, you know, that's hard for me, but I also am responsible and I want to make sure that things are done well. So for me, I had to take the bold action of saying, okay, enough's enough. I'm not going to just let somebody run me over because of their agenda. I'm going to take responsibility of what I can do on my end 
And that's why I started looking for alternatives because I knew I didn't want to stay in that situation. I couldn't stay in it for a long, you know, long term. It was, it was unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And so, so that was right. That was that first decision was the key domino for me that fell sure. to start looking for other options. To take full responsibility to understood that when you're, it's one thing to sacrifice to serve, but it's yeah. another thing to be uh, abused, you know, right. and, and to, uh, and, and that's where you have to take responsibility because you can't really serve others. If you're being abused and crushed, you have right. to have some self-confidence and self-affirmation. Yeah. Aff- Absolutely. And so for that, it was, you know, that, and then, and then the next step was to, to explore options, you know, like once again, I said, I interviewed some folks just to kind of get a feel for things, ended up joining the Maxwell team to, to get the training and the skills and, um, under my belt, which ultimately led me to a great community of other leaders around the world that I learned about all the options that I could have. And so that, that action alone opened my eyes to beyond my church world bubble that I'd been in, which wasn't bad. I mean, you know, I tell people my experience in church ministry was great. And for the most part, it was this one issue that I really felt like God allowed to happen so that it kind of kicked me out of the nest of this bubble I was in and mm. to expand my vision to to show me that he had a bigger plan for me outside of just my local church setting, but that it was that plus, you know, the business community, the business world. Um, I love that analogy, kick you out of the nest. Yeah. You you don't fly until you get out of the nest, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, So that, so I say that, and then, um, you know, taking the step of, of, of even making my business official, you know, doing the action of, of drawing a line in the sand and, and getting the legal stuff taken care of to get mm-hmm. my LLC started. And, right. you know, all that's that. a huge, that's a huge step really. Cause you yeah. got to put some, you got to put some legal uh, uh, entities on the line, some money on the line and you yeah. make it official. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And then, and then for that, it, you know, after that it was, okay, how do I get clients? How do I learn this business? You know, how do I market and, and myself, how do I get, clients to, to hire me, to coach them and to do training. And, and that was probably the hardest thing for me, you know, after, after I got through the initial phases of, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go down this path. Then it was, okay, now I've got to get serious. I have to do, I have to take action. I've never sold before. I've never done marketing before, you know, so to speak in the, in the business community. So I had to learn a lot and I'm still in a learning process. I tell, you know, but, but Mm. I, I'm a whole lot further than I was, but I just know I still have a long way to go. Um, But learning business. Yeah, was a that's, big step for me. that's awesome. So you took, took responsibility and you took some action, you set up your LLC, then you went to get clients and that kind of thing. So let's, so those are some of the actions that you took. I want to yeah. kind of take a twist here with you here for just a second here, Chris, and you, you know, you mentioned being from the, the church world and the faith-based world. And yet when things go south there, sometimes people can have a real, a real challenge to your faith. And I'm not sure if that was the case with you or not. I know that it does happen and in the world of uh, faith-based uh, people yeah. when something goes south and, you know, you have to challenge to that. My question to you has to do with, but I'm still am a believer that one has to draw on a power higher than themselves in order to make true life transformation. Yeah. In what ways in the face of this challenge you may have had to your professional faith-based life, uh, were you able to call upon any kind of a source or power higher than yourself be it spiritual or uh, educational or otherwise in order to help help you in this transformation, this process. Yeah. Well, I tell people all the time that, you know, I've heard somebody say that entrepreneurship is one of the most personal growth intensive ventures you can have. 
Um, I would also argue that it's one of the greatest faith growing ventures you can, you can have. And so for me, I find the irony is that I am closer to God. I am more committed to God in my daily disciplines and my ongoing relationship with the Lord today because of this journey than I was even as a pastor in a church setting. Now, it wasn't that I was distant from God. Don't get me wrong. But once again, I've, I've had to learn to lean in, in, on God in ways that I didn't have to before, because, you know, it's that whole thing of when, you know, when the paycheck's coming in, when things are steady, when things are good, um, you know, we can even become dependent on ourselves a little too much and thinking that, you know, we got it all down. But when we're really out there having to walk by faith, um, we're tested. And for me, my, my faith has like skyrocketed over the last five years through this journey I've been on, um, closer to the Lord than ever, uh, outside of the box of the denominational boundaries, maybe that I was raised in or grown up in and served in even. Um, I just feel like God has opened my eyes to, to things to expand my faith and understanding of him and, and his word. Um, so for me, yeah, it's that whole pivoting point of you can either, grow, you know, you can go bitter or you can get better. And, oh, and in my yeah. situation, it was, I really believe that this journey has made me a whole lot better personally, but also deeper in my faith and my trust in, in the Lord. That's awesome. That's awesome. And yet uh, we have this bias. People, I believe, who have go through transformation, especially as they face adversity, do make some choices to take some action, and they do draw on a higher power. It's got to be something spiritual about it. But also there is an emotional element there is yeah. a relationship element that I believe is so important there. And, and basically that has to do with how you love and experience love and share love and how you yeah. are empowered by powerful relationships. Yeah. So tell us what role, any kind of relationships I'm talking about either family or it could be mentorship. It could even be influence of uh, great books and things like this. Tell me about how, relationships and relationship building and accountability is a part of a transformation process for you. Yeah. Well, like I said, when I joined the Maxwell team, I found myself in a community of people that I would never have engaged with had I not entered that. And so I had some, I felt like the world opened up relationally to some amazing people that had similar passions. Um, so that, that encouraged me and really helped me and, and knew I kind of found my tribe, you know, so to speak mm-hmm. to really connect with. Um, but, but my good friend, Mark, who is, later now, but he's become my writing coach and editor for helping me with my books. Um, He felt led by the spirit one time to just contact me. And we've been great friends for the last almost six years because, uh, you know, he felt prompted to reach out to me and he's 20 years older than me. So he has been a, he's been a brother to me. He's been a a writing coach and, you know, kind of an author coach to help me through my book processes, but he's also been um, a mentor because he's gone through some significantly hard things in his own ministry career as a church planner and pastor himself over 30 some years. And he helped me navigate the challenges I was facing. And um, he, he had been there, done that, had the t-shirt, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So he was able to help me see where I was better understanding that. So his, his friendship, his mentorship was huge. Um, you know, just, you know, I, I'm thankful that I have a great family. And so I've had family support. You know, I, I meet a lot of people who are trying to build businesses and do the entrepreneurial thing and they don't have family support. They don't, they have more adversity there than mm-hmm. because people don't necessarily believe in them or they, 
they don't think that what they're doing is valuable or they don't understand it, whatever it may be. Yeah. I haven't run into that. So I've had, I've had this great support system around me, my friends and family, my church that I was serving. I mean, we're still a part of that, that church uh, as a family and people are excited. You know, they were at my first book launch. They'll be at my next book launch. They, they've been cheering me on when I, when I said I was leaving um, officially to go into my business full time, you know, I left with excitement and blessing on, you know, from them. Mm. And well, you know, people are asking me how, how things are going all the time. You know, they're, they're really, they're in my corner. So, so I think that God placed pe- key people in my uh, path at the right time that I needed in this new season that I was navigating. Um, and so that was huge for me because it, it can be a lonely journey. You know, mm-hmm. Well, that's encouraging. You, you, well, you, you, I think you need a balance in, in, in transform, transformative uh, relationships of encouragement and accountability and yep. some coaching and occasional kick in the rear and, yep. <laughs> and sometimes a pat in the back, you know, all that yeah. kind of thing. And, certainly. and you certainly uh, need that. And I believe uh, the healthiest ways that happens is when you do have accountability and relationships on different levels, family, yep. spouse, church, sure. uh, mentorship, all that type of thing. Absolutely. And so now you're looking to offer some of that to some others, aren't you? Absolutely. So yeah, that's, that's what I tell people. I feel like I get this. I'm blessed because I get to be this uh, guide or this partner with people in my coaching with them to help them grow, to help them navigate their own challenges, to help them even think through their own opportunities. I had a, I had a, a friend uh, call me just the other night. I was watching my son play soccer and he's making a, this, this friend of mine is making a career change decision and just asked who he call me. And so I'm on the side of the soccer sideline talking to this guy, you know, about some things he wants to just kind of run by me. And, and I just felt like I had this moment just going, you know, I love what I get to do. And that was just a friend conversation, but people, you know, from a professional side of things do pay me for similar conversations and, and training and helping them navigate these things. And so Mm -hmm. for me, there's the business side of it, but, but it's bigger than that. It's, it's definitely a calling. It's one of those things where, you know, they say, find what you would do for free and, 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 you know, and find a way to get paid for it. You know, I feel like I'm living that, you know, these yeah. days. Cause there's um, more to, there's more to life than what we uh, sometimes feel like it should be. There is an opportunity for, uh, yeah. to, be, to be great. Yeah. And so I'd like you to, let's get into your book a little bit sure. uh, about the way to greatness. And you talk about five choices yeah. that people can make. And so tell us a little bit about your book and also in terms of how, you can be uh, offer this as a kind of a, a, a coaching um, uh, encouragement to some of our listeners. Sure. Sure. So, so I, I even say this in my book, but I, I've always said, I'm a simple guy. I learn in simple ways. I like to teach simply. I like to help people in simple ways. Um, and so the, the way to greatness is really about, it's got five sections based on these five choices that we need to continually make. And within each of those five choices, I have a five-step uh, training process or coaching process that I walk people through to help them really uh, make progress in each of these areas. And, and so the five choices are one, the first one is build your God core. It's the faith component of your life. It's like the core of your body. You know, when you go to the gym, to, you, you got to strengthen your abs and your back, everything mm-hmm. to make your body strong. So I, I call it build your God core, your faith core, basically. And then I have protect your relationships. You know, I believe that God wants us to have healthy relationships. And to do that, in order to have them, we have to protect them. We have to do the work to protect them. Uh, the third choice is to renew your mind. 
know, the apostle Paul said in Romans 12, you know, to that, that we need to transform our minds to be renewed so that we can understand God's will for our lives. Uh, the fourth choice is to manage your resources. It's the stewardship component. Um, I, I, I mostly talk about money in the book because that's where most people mm-hmm. are, you know, attach that to, but you can certainly expand that to health and other, you know, parts of our lives as well. Um, and then the fifth choice is to, um, to manage your time, you know, because it's the one non-renewable resource we have. And a lot of us squander our time. We have lots of distractions in the world today that we have to fight off every day. And so those are the five choices. And so I walk readers through and my clients through, I have a course, I have a coaching program that I help people through where I'm, the point of the way to greatness, it's really found uh, based on John 10, 10 in scripture. Uh, you know, when Jesus says that we have this enemy, you know, Satan, the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus said, but I've come to give you life to the full. And some translations say rich, satisfying or abundant life. And so I call it the great life. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, that and the great is an acronym that God gave me to kind of frame this, but um, but that's what I believe God wants yeah. for each of us to have. And I don't see many people experiencing that. Yeah. Well, in order to experience that, you've got to uh, do some things you already talked about, make a decision to do it and then be, you know, draw upon your spiritual life and the, uh, your relationships. But in order to have the great life, you also have to have application of it. You know, you have to implement it into your life. And I'd like for you to talk a little bit about how you either you, you yourself or how you can advocate for disciplines, habits, uh, practices, that sure. maybe come out of your book or out of your experience that people can implement some of the things you're teaching here. Sure. So my, my chapters aren't called chapters. They're called action steps. So if that tells you anything, I'm an action oriented guy. <laughs> uh, a lot of people have called me the get it done guy. I'm the, I'm the action taker. I'm an implementer. I love to take action. And even before we started, you know, our, our recording here, I was talking about it. I, I have to focus more on the strategy a lot of time on, yeah, I have to be diligent about that because I can just jump into action. So mm-hmm. I want to, what, what the book does is give you a, what I call a clear, simple, repeatable action plan that you can go over time and time again. So I didn't write this book as one, as a, as a book that you would read once, put down and never look at again. It's more of a guide book with clear action steps to take and review them, you know, because here's the thing. I, I kind of a mountain metaphor has come into my mind through this process of, you know, it's like, I heard somebody say one time, you know, when you're climbing a mountain towards a goal, what happens is you get to the top of that mountain and all of a sudden you can see other mountains that you can climb. And so I look at each of these five choices as as almost like five mountains that you're climbing. And so if I'm climbing in my faith, I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing. I get to the peak of what I thought was the highest you know level I could go, so to speak. But now I realize that I can go further I, or there's another, another next step or another, you know, uh, destination out there. Same thing with our relationships, our mindset, our stewardship and our time. It's so, I, so it's very action oriented because I believe that, you know, I'm not going to stop growing till the day I die. You know, mm-hmm. I want to keep growing. I want to keep improving. I want to get better every day. Go on. If it's 1%. Go on to perfection is kind of the tradition I come from. Get better every yeah. day. Perfection sure. comes in heaven. That's, uh, yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome, man. Well, let's, let's try to implement this now directly to our listeners. What I mean by that is you mentioned a minute ago, Chris, about how a person who called you while you're at the soccer, your son's soccer game and, and how you were able to share a little bit with him. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'd like to hear a little bit about maybe perhaps what you shared with this person, but 
Uh, I, this, uh, our, our podcast, Beyond Adversity, is aimed at helping people navigate those times mm-hmm. when they are, have those pivotal moments, those defining moments. Yeah. So I just want you to kind of put yourself in the place of a, of a, of a young man, young father who maybe haven't, maybe out of the COVID crisis, maybe some situation has happened at the work or in the family yeah. or whatever. They are making some they have some defining moments before them. Mm-hmm. What kind of, what would you kind of things would you share to uh, that person? Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of it, is, I think about it from like uh, going on a trip, you know, when you, when you're getting ready to plug in your uh, GPS coordinates, right. On, on a trip, you have to know your end destination of where you want to go. And so a lot of it where I tell people is, you know, really there's an exercise I talk about in my book about looking out five years, and what do you, what would you like to see your life looking like five years from now? And, you know, who are you with? What are you doing? What are the sights, the smells, the sounds? I mean, just get into that moment of, of that vision of what five years could look like and then start to backtrack and go, okay, well, to get there, what did I have to do to get there? What were, what was, what I had to do in year one, two, three, four, uh, you know, up to year five, because I think a lot of kind it of is, a reverse engineering type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because it's, well, Stephen Covey, you know, always said what beginning with the end in mind. Yes. You know? And so if you, if we, if I, I use the analogy that with the GPS thing, if you don't plug in the right destination, it'll take you somewhere. You can, you can start your GPS and it'll show you that you're going places, but it's not necessarily going to take you to where you ultimately want to end up. And so you need to determine your destination you know, where do you want to go? And then you need to start taking action towards getting there. And so the first key, a lot of times I think people are reacting, especially in moments of adversity. And I know I found myself there was, you know, I was just trying to get out or run away even for a moment. Um, and God had to kind of slow me down and say, okay, but what is the bigger picture here? You know, um, and and asking the question, why? What you know, what is, you know, Simon Sinek kind of made it you know, very popular with start with why, you know, in his mm-hmm. book a few years ago, but, right. you know, digging deeper and I, and I've done this with clients, you know, I'll ask them why three to five times just to get down to more of the core of why they say they want to accomplish something or do something or go somewhere or whatever. So I think a lot of it is that beginning with the end in mind, asking why you want to get there to get to your core, you know, purpose in life and your core uh, calling. And then once again, defining what are the steps I need to take and, I think that was one of the things for me. I heard a I heard a um, a video by John Maxwell when I was in that process of making a decision about joining the Maxwell team and what am I going to do, and he and he said something that really stuck with me. It was, you know, in his case, he said ten years from now. Um, he said, you know, where do you want to be ten years from now? But but one of the the question that really got me was, well, what do you need to do in the next thirty days mm-hmm. to start down that path? What's your next steps, right? Yeah. And so for me, I think that's where a lot of people, you know, whatever, you know, area of life. And I chose these, you know, I feel like God gave me these choices, first of all, because there are five areas that people struggle with regularly. Um, but but each of these, it's kind of the same thing. Where do you want to go? What what do you want your faith to look like? What do you want your relationships to look like? What do you, how do you want to be thinking about life? And, you know, how do you want your money and finances mm-hmm. to look like? What do you want your time freedom, your lifestyle to look like? Do you, you have want, a vision. do you want to be great? Yeah, right. <laughs> and what does great look like today to you? Because yeah. here's the thing, what that vision of greatness looks like five years from now, when I get there, 
I'm going to have a new expanded vision of mm-hmm. what greatness looks like from there. Right. And so it, it's this, it continually grows and it continually expands when you, uh, when you really do that exercise. So I think that's a lot of it is slowing down, journaling, thinking, praying, you know, talking to some trusted advisors, mentors, family members that, you know, kind of mapping out your life and going, okay, here's where I've been. Here's my situation. Where do I, if, if today was day one, as every day really is, what do I want the next days to look like? What do I want the yeah. next months and years to look like? Perhaps a part of that process is picking up the way to greatness, discover the five continual choices that lead to the great life and maybe getting connected with Chris McClure. So how can people do that if they want to get connected and learn more about you and what uh, you have to offer? Yeah. Well, specifically to this book, um, they, they can actually, Brad, they can go get a free copy of the book at thewaytogreatness.com and just pay a small shipping and handling fee and I'll send it out to them right away. Um, so I, I have that offer out there. Um, but my website where, you know, more details, I actually uh, had my own podcast. I, I've kind of paused it for a while, um, but it's leadlifebig.com. And so I have podcast episodes there. I have blog articles there. Um, that's where kind of my resource hub for the way to greatness, you know, where it all started, so to speak. Um, so there's, there's that. And, and then through there, they can connect with me as well. Um, you know, I also have McClurecoaching.com, which is more my executive leadership coaching, uh, business side of things that I, that I have over there. Um, so I work with entrepreneurs and executives and, and even with them, you know, I'm trying to help them with yes, leadership, but really it's about their life. I want, I want people that are, high level leaders to be able to have the kind of life that they're really working so hard for. A lot of times they're not because they're so busy in the business that they're not, you know, growing in these core components of life. So help, help people discover that indeed there is more to life than this. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to thank you for being with us. His name is Chris McClure. His book is the way to greatness. Discover the five continual choices that lead to the great life. We thank Chris McClure for being our guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast. I know that you appreciated the conversation we had here today with Chris McClure from McClurecoaching.com, and he also blogs at LeadLifeBig.com. His book is The Way of Greatness, Your Five Choices That You Could Meet That You Need to Make to Lead You to Your Own Personal Path. Of greatness. I encourage you to pick up that book. We have connections in our show notes to everything you need to know about Chris at our website, drbradmiller.com. That's also where you can find uh, lots of back episodes of Beyond Adversity, where we talk to great authors and leaders and teachers who are going to help you with your process of, of, over, of overcoming adverse life conditions and to emerge to your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. That's my calling in life, to be helpful in that process. It's all about making a promise to yourself to change. And so my encouragement to you here at drbradmiller.com is to change your life and make it happen by making a promise. So let me encourage you until we meet next time to make a promise, keep a promise, because there is power in a promise kept.